ever see an animal skin? <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Fair the skin from your body. Slowly. Bit by bit. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horrors podcast. I'm John. Yes, you are listening to the same podcast you have been for the past 30 weeks. We have a new intro. That's all. That's all. Big shout out to uh, Big John at work for hooking us up with that. That's super cool. So um, we might go back to the original here, uh, you know, now and then. But uh, yeah, let's let's roll with this one for a while. I like it. Uh, today, guys, we are doing Midnight Meat Train from 2008, uh, sitting at 71% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb, and 67% Google users. Now, introducing our guest, the guy who makes me feel like an absolute amateur of a podca- podcast host, the host of Frightmares Podcast, Dr. Austin Proctor. Oh, throwing in the Dr. Proctor. I like it. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, thanks for the invite. You reached out to me mm-hmm. via my email, and I felt I felt so important. I was like, oh, my God, people are actually emailing me. This is great. So uh, I'm excited to talk about this movie and, uh, yeah, and talk about what we're drinking, too. Yeah, what do you got in your cup today? Oh, I've got a little something from Rogue called Dead Guy Ale. It's 6.8% ABV. Uh, it's a Maibach-style ale. And um, I've noticed that I'm a fan of like German and kind of like that area beer. I don't know what it is, um, but it's uh, this is like my perfect beer. This is just like my go to anytime I want like a good, rich, just like nice beer that's not too hoppy. Um, it's not too bitter. It's it's like a, honestly for me, it's like it's a it's a perfect beer. So that's what that's what I'm drinking today. Plus, it's very fitting for um, a horror podcast because it literally has like a little you know skull and skeleton guy on the front, and you know the name is Dead Guy. So it's just seemed like a fitting beer to to drink today. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I actually have the same thing, which is super crazy. Um, oh man, I got to clear my throat for a second. This is crazy. Let me uh, mute my. <laughs> Man, I hope that didn't come across right there. I thought I muted it, but my God. No, you muted um, it. You're I good. <laughs> okay, thank God. <laughs> Otherwise, I just blew out some eardrums. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I am also having Rogue Dead Guy 6.8. As you said, my boss. Good, good, good job looking up the description and everything. Uh, most people are just like, I have beer also. And it's like, cool, thanks. Um, I'm going to throw in the untap rating there, sitting at 371, which I think is criminal because this beer is delicious, even though it's my bog. I'm not typically fond of my box they tend to be a little too malty for me but uh this one's just right it's very very approachable like you said um i'm also going to follow up with creeper from uh columbus uh brewing in you guessed it columbus uh it's an imperial ipa sent at 10 percent, and it is 4.19 on untapped so Uh, oh man that's a 10 (laughs) percent, man that's one and you're you know you're good for a little bit Yep, yep. That's what's nice is what usually dump off uh, like half of it to my wife, and uh, oh, we both sleep pretty well that night. So that's yeah. uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. So we're talking about Midnight Meat Train, and uh, this is a movie that you picked out. Do you have a reason that you uh, this one kind of stuck out to you that you wanted to do? Oh well, you sent over that list of oh my god, I was scrolling and scrolling, and I'm just like you know I'm a classic overthinker. So I was like, all right, I narrowed it down to five, and then you narrowed it down to two, and I was like, okay. Midnight Me Train it is. I feel this one is just super under underappreciated. Most people, if I mention it, don't know what the hell I'm talking. They think it's like, you know, like a gay porn or something because it kind of has a weird sound to it. You know, like Midnight Meat Train. It's like that just that just <laughs> yes, sounds like porn. Uh, so I picked this one just because I feel it's a criminally underrated movie that not a lot of people just they, they don't talk about it. And uh it's just got good lore. It's got great practical effects. It's just an all-around solid movie uh, to me. I don't know how faithful it is to the Clive Barker um, novel or novella or whatever it's based off of. So I can't speak to that. But as a movie on its own, I, I feel like it's just very criminally underrated. So I was like, let's do that one. Plus, I don't even think I've done that on my show. So I was like, it's it's time to do this movie. Yeah, I was like, it is time. We have to do this. So that is my uh, thought process behind picking this one. Gotcha. Do you have a rating for us? 
I do have a rating, and it is four uh, on. So I do Letterbox, and they do out of five stars. So mine is a four point five out of five. Honestly, the only reason this doesn't have a five is because there's a pretty, the CG is not stood up to the test of time. Um, <laughs> uh, if this, if there was, and you know, that's that's kind of my biggest problem is they ha they use so many practical effects, and it's like, why did we even use the CG to begin with? So, other than that, I think it's near a near perfect movie. So. So, okay, if you convert that, if you guys remember how to do fractions from high school or middle school, uh, that would be a 9 out of 10 on how we rate things. Yes. And we have no metric here. We just fucking throw numbers out. Um, <laughs> I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. So, so about, we, we have three. a little bit of a, a different opinion here. Um, okay. I, do think it's, I do think it's underrated, but I, I think... I mean, the CGI really, really drops it down for me. If okay. it would, if they would have just done, and especially like you, you know, you got Clive Barker involved. I know he's a producer, he's not a director. Uh, they, the director, I had never heard of before, and um, I didn't even follow up on if he had done any other horror movies. Uh, but I mean, he did had some really cool shots. I'm not gonna lie, there was some great lighting and everything. You know, he did great, but he just he got so cheap on the effects. He just went all CGI for a lot of it, yeah. and it's just like. Dude, that does not hold up well. Like, Drag Me to Hell is another, I think, could have been all-time great movie, but the CGI mm -hmm. ruins it. Yeah. And that's coming from Sam Raimi, dude who did the evil thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what are you doing, bro? Just just give us the practical <laughs> effects. Like, stop. Stop. Just do, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, that's that was kind of a, uh, I don't know, a big knock for me was was the CGI. And mm. well, we'll talk about what we didn't like here in a little bit. Um, but you know, you, you did give some praise to Clive Barker, but if I recall, you're not a big Hellraiser fan. <laughs> no, I'm not. So I think I think the reasoning behind why I'm not a fan of some of the older horror movies, and it's funny because I, I, I love 80s horror, like I really do, but Hellraiser for me, um, I have a hard time connecting. The only person I can connect with in that one is, I can't remember her, the daughter. It's not Julia. Julia is the main girl. The daughter, I cannot remember her name, but like, I, like, am I supposed to be on Julia's side? I don't know because it's just some lady who's kind of, you know, taking all these men back to her house to help, you know, get Frank back that she's cheating on with. It's just, a, I don't know. I have a hard time caring about Julia and her story because she's kind of just a scumbag at the end of the day. Great practical effects, though. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the practical effects. It is, it is like unmatched. Um, and obviously Pinhead is awesome, but I just, for some reason, I can't get into that first one. Two and three, I weirdly enjoy. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, fucking awesome movie. I really like the second one, uh, because it focuses more on the daughter, and it, it kind of expands the lore of, you know, Pinhead and the Cenobites, and this shows you more of that world, which is kind of what I wanted to see from the first one, but... I grew up in a very conservative Christian household when I was younger, so horror movies weren't a thing for me probably until like 2004, 2005, and I'm 33, so that was when I was like 14. Um, mm -hmm. And even then, you know, it took me a while to get into them because they were scary to me because I had never seen that shit before. So I didn't grow up going to the video store on like Friday night and going through the horror section and exploring all that. So I grew up with the, you know, the newer age of like the 2000s horror, like Saw was like one of the first movies I saw. Um, and then I watched all the rest of them in theater. So I grew up with a, I just grew up with a different time of horror movies and I didn't get to appreciate all the ones when I was younger. So I don't have that deep affinity for them. But then again, there's movies like, you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween movies, love all those. But for some reason that first pinhead or first Hellraiser, and I've watched it like four or five times. I tr I've tried to watch it every year to see if my opinion changes. Uh, and it has not changed yet. So. Yeah, it's something yeah. I definitely well, uh, and I listened. I can't remember what episode it was, but I think you mentioned Hellraiser. Uh, but then you also dropped The Exorcist as one <laughs> that you're not a huge fan of. Uh, it might have been you you touched briefly on Exorcist Believer, and mm -hmm. I don't know if you did a full episode on that. You have to forgive me, but uh, you did mention that and everything. And I I put that up there as probably the scariest movie ever made. Basically, you know, with context taken into uh, account, because that came out in the the seventies, early seventies. At that, um, it was a very violent movie. And and growing up in conservative America, uh, if you had a conservative childhood and everything, like you mentioned, you understand that like seeing some of those things in there are very shocking. Now, yeah. it's it's a little more common to see you know shock things like you know shock value whatever nowadays. 
but back then, like, my God, this is early 70s we're talking about here. Like, they tried to stop that movie from happening. They didn't want it to get released. Uh, so that just, I mean, you got some street cred right there, in my opinion. Right. Uh, plus, I mean, it's just, it's a dark movie, man. There's there's some really, and, and I, I definitely agree with your, like, the lols and everything. But it's like, every time they're on screen, like, every time she's on screen, you're like, yeah, for what sure. is yeah. going to happen now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I have a hard time putting myself in the mindset of people because you know you kind of have to do that. You kind of have to be like, "Hey, this is like first movie of its kind around this time. That's this impactful." So I think I also have a hard time trying to put myself in those shoes to view it through their lens because I feel like if I could, I'd probably have it it's such a higher rating for it. But I, I feel I struggle with that. So that's another movie I try to watch once a year and just try to see if I, anything changes because it's happened before where I've watched a movie and been like, like Black Christmas was a prime example. Never liked that movie. I watched it a couple times and I was like, eh, whatever. Then last year I watched the 4K that Shout Factory put out and I was like, this movie's brilliant. So I, I know it can happen and that's why I try to revisit these movies just to see mm -hmm. if my opinion changed. So, but yeah, Exorcist and Hellraiser, I don't think, I think that's the only like big, big ones that I'm not a fan of that I can think of right now. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with those. So I do I do try to give them a chance at least once a year. So yeah, okay, I can respect that. Well, and and we talked about briefly that it's just like the having a podcast uh, gives you an opportunity to look at these movies again through a different lens. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been so harsh on Midnight Me Train a couple years ago, but now I'm like, well, maybe I didn't yeah. like this. No, I didn't <laughs> like this. But then I rewatched The Witch not that long ago, and I fucking loved it. I'm like, this is an all-time great movie. It's it's not just horror movie. This is all-time great movie. This is so well done. Oh, did um, you not like it upon I, first watch? I I just uh, in in that podcast uh, in that that episode in particular, I talk about that. I just like that was like the first elevated horror that I could remember okay. seeing, and I I just don't think I was ready for that. I was so used to the the cheap jump scares and the over the top gore or whatever it was that I, I couldn't fully immerse myself into that world. Plus at the movie theater, I don't think they had subtitles. So that dude's voice sounds like a garbage disposal of half the movie. You can't understand what the hell he's saying. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah. and they talk in this old English kind of thing where like, you can't, you know, it, it's hard to follow. So, you know, watching it at home with subtitles and just like, I get it now. I don't know. Maybe I would, that's that's why I enjoyed it more. I'm not sure, but uh, no. yeah, it's it's cool to revisit some of these. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I ha I have to I have to also put subtitles on. I can understand Anya Taylor Joy and the mother, but yeah, the 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 father. I'm like, the hell are you saying, dude? So <laughs> I have to watch that one with stuff. Same thing with the lighthouse. I have to watch that with subtitles as well, just because of the way that they speak. It's it's hard to understand them. So totally. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I'm saving that one for. Uh... Okay. For a day. I haven't decided when, but uh, <laughs> looking forward to that as well. I know that that's kind of a polarizing movie as well. Same director, too. Robert Eggers is the same guy who did The Witch. So, yeah, it's gonna, it's another weird, just quirky, fucking elevated uh, horror movie for sure. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Midnight Meat Train. Yes. Uh, some things I liked about this. Vinnie Jones, every fucking movie he's in. I just love that dude. Uh, he's great. Uh, he plays such a great silent character like he doesn't have to say anything and his just presence you know and he was a fucking soccer player you know what I mean like he wasn't born to be an, you know wasn't an actor or anything like didn't go down he's just like ah eh, fuck it i'll do it uh and he's great at it he, he's typecast but he's great mm -hmm. at being you know that that typecast um the kills and the gore all pretty solid cgi aside um you know they get pretty original with with how they kill some some people and we can talk about that later on um and the storyline's pretty good you know i i like that where you know I don't want to give anything away, but the way they kind of navigate it and, and how it kind of takes over the main character um, and you're not quite sure where it's heading. And then, you know, at the end, you know, you're like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. yeah, like it's, it's a it's a great ending. Uh, what are some things you liked about it? Yeah. So uh, number one, you know, the definitely the gore, you know, CG aside, like you said, I feel like there's a lot of good good moments and creative kills, uh, especially with one Ted Raimi that I'm sure we'll talk about. And uh, the lore for me, too, just what goes into it, because you it's it's interesting because you kind of see it from Bradley Cooper's perspective, like first, you know, like experiencing with it with him. But then you also see it from the audience's perspective. So you kind of get both views. And it's it's weird how they do it and kind of keep some mystery on each side of, of the of the board there, so to speak. And 
it feels like once it goes on, you know, the, sl- the curtain gets peeled back slower and slower, and you're just like, okay. And then by the final reveal, you're like, well, damn, that was okay. Like you're just like, I was the first time I saw that, I was like, that is an incredible reveal that I really never saw coming. Like, why is why is Vinny Jones doing what he's doing on the train? Um, so I think, yeah, the lore, the uh, practical effects, and honestly, the cast. You know, like you said, Vinny Jones. You got Bradley Cooper. You got Leslie Bibb. It's such a bizarre cast for a horror movie because I don't think I know Leslie Bibb was in Trick or Treat, maybe at one other horror movie, but she doesn't do a lot of horror movies. So their chemistry was great, and I also love Vinnie Jones. Every time he saw uh, Leon, you know Bradley Cooper's character throughout the movie, he'd start like smiling. He's like, "Oh, hey, it's you," and I thought that was really fun. So I just love the uh, camaraderie with the uh, cast. But yeah, um, there's not much I don't like about this movie. It's all it's all pretty good for me. Mm, okay oh and brooke shields was in this too that was like a curveball i'm like oh yeah <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> she was the uh, uh art lady or the art person yeah the S- susan she was susan that's who she was yeah and and his friend that that hooked him up um with that interview he's he's like one of those b actors or c actors that he's just like in a bunch of shit that you know he's like on law and order every fucking eight episodes or something <laughs> like that um <laughs> which is a nice paycheck i'm sure uh way better than what i get uh, so some things I didn't like about the movie, I know that we will probably disagree here. I, this, the storyline gets a little loose in the middle for me. Um, and, and we'll talk about that a little more. It just feels like they spent so much time on, you know, him uh, kind of just diving in here. And, and what happens with his girlfriend happens very quickly for her to get like uh, on the same page. If yeah. that makes sense without trying to give too much away. But yeah. her, her shit is just like overnight. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely see where you're going. Yeah. Um, the CGI. I fucking hate CGI gore. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I don't have a big enough platform to make it stop. Uh, I wish I did. Uh, but my God, I fucking hate CGI gore. Mm-hmm. It's It just ruins movies because it looks so bad. Like mm-hmm. George Lucas did it with Star Wars. Remember that like 97 release of the original trilogy? And he stuck in like the oh. little fucking... Right, it's bad. The worst. <laughs> it's, it's so laughable now. Like, just leave it. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. So, all right. Now we've covered what we like, what we don't like, the beers we're drinking, and all that stuff. How we know each other. You want to talk about some spoilers? Move into the movie a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. I'm. Uh, I've got my cornucopia of notes here. So, uh, yeah, you want to? How kick fitting. It? Yeah, I write down too many notes, and then I end up not using half of them. But I'd rather be, you know, as as prepared as I can be. So. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's do this. All right. Yeah, I mean, the movie doesn't take long. Okay, if you're if you haven't seen this movie, here's your disclosure. You know, don't fucking listen to it until 18 minutes, whatever. All right, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's been out for 15 years. Like, it's not my fault if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's been out for uh, for a while here. Right, and I would think that if you jump into our, you know, minute 30 or something like that of a podcast, you're probably going to hear something you don't want to hear. Um, but this movie does not take long. To get going, uh, dude wakes up in a car, and I love how they tie this together um, because I didn't realize this the first time, uh, or however many times I watched it. Uh, but yeah, the guy that wakes up in the beginning of the car, steps on some blood, sees what's going on. He just sees like a guy murdering another dude with like a meat cleaver or like a meat hammer uh, in the next, you know, the next car. Uh, but you don't know who it is, right. uh, but you find out at the end of the movie that uh, fuck, it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, so. <laughs> That was that was cool, and the reveal at the very end was awesome. You know how they they show him walking on the car, walks right by the dude that you see in the beginning. So that I mean that whole ending was just really well done, I thought. Um, but we're at the beginning, so yeah, right. <laughs> let's talk about the beginning. <laughs> Cyclical plot um, though, it's 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 cool. Like you start where you end up where you start, and that's I always I'm like, all right, tip of the hat to you, sir. That was good. <laughs> Especially when you don't see it coming, mm-hmm. you know, because some movies like really foreshadow and like really like it's coming. Right. It's co- we <laughs> promise. And you're like, I fucking know. And then it happens. And you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, this was like, oh, fuck, that's that's, you know, that Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like snapping yeah. at, the, at the screen. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, that, <laughs> that was this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, he he's he's a photographer. Bradley Cooper's character, Leon. Uh, I'm so bad about looking up characters' names until I get like midway through my review, and I'm like, I should really know because they're like a bigger part of the movie than I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I should really find out what their name is <laughs> instead of just addressing them as like so and so's girlfriend, you know, forty times. Um, 
yeah, he's just a photographer. And Susan, as we had mentioned, played by Brooke Shields. Um, and I have a note here saying there's a big cast for what this is. You know, I don't even know what it made money wise. I don't think it was a big hit. Do you have any information on that? Oh, shit. Oh, we'll do that at the end. We forgot your horror news thing. Did you have horror news? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I did not. I did not have. I had a very fussy baby today. And ah, dude, uh, yeah, she was she's I think she's going through like something because she was just all fussy today. So I didn't have I mean, besides, if you wanted to talk about Terrifier three real quick, I mean, we could do that. Terrifier 3. No, I'm sorry. The, the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Go go ahead. Sorry, my the, wife just texted me. She oh, said friend. something about the pizza being dead. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. The pizza's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, like, had a total brain fart. I'm like, wait, does that mean you have to? I have to go get it, or what's going on here? Okay. Uh, <laughs> give me one second. Let me go see. This yeah. is podcasting, baby. Give me one minute. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'll talk about Terrifier 3. Uh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, we're paused. Oh, okay. Okay. But if you have enough time to talk about Terrifier 3, go for it. I'll meet myself. Okay. Yeah. All right, so Terrifier 3, um, that is being released next year, uh, I think October 24th, 25th. It's going to be a Christmas horror movie, which is going to be amazing. The first two settled around, uh, you know, in October at Halloween, but um, yeah, so we're going to see Art dressing up as Santa, which should be quite interesting. Um, I, I never thought that they would actually go and do a Christmas horror movie with Art the Clown, but the teaser trailer is currently out. You can go watch that uh, YouTube or wherever, and it's actually kind of controversial at this moment because, um, you know, I don't want to give too much away here, but there's something that happens in the first few seconds of the teaser trailer, and uh, it's very controversial because... Apparently a kid dies in the opening and Hollywood is like, we don't want to touch this movie. We're not going to give you funding. And honestly, it's like if Hollywood doesn't want to touch a movie, I'm going to watch the hell out of that because that means it's too graphic and gross for mainstream people to pick it up. So uh, Terrifier 3 looks awesome. Like I said, it's going to release October 24th or 25th of next year, and it's going to be a Christmas horror movie with Arthur Clown. I know it's so weird. I never thought they would tackle another holiday, but honestly, they should just start doing all holidays. Easter, we'll see him as the Easter Bunny. Just maybe do Fourth Fourth of July. I don't know. You could just drop art into any any holiday. Valentine's Day. I think that'd be fun. But uh, yeah, if, have you seen the teaser for it yet? Yeah, yeah, I have actually, and thanks for uh, covering my ass here. No, uh, but fine, yeah, no, I, I did. Uh, somebody leaked it online. I'm in like a couple art, you know, art the clown groups or whatever. Oh, yeah. And uh, okay. I love Terrifier. I love the franchise. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic for horror. Um, think what you will about the cheesy writing and everything, but these are the same people that will defend fucking '80s horror to the death. Like, dude, it's the same thing. It's just newer and better. You know, maybe oh, not yeah. better, but you know what I mean. It's 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 right up there with it. Um, and yeah, I agree 100% with what you said about the whole, you know, what he's doing for the, for the horror genre in general is fantastic. Mm. We need this. We need a dude that's willing to be like, fuck you, uh, Hollywood. I don't care about your dumbass like plugs or whatever that we, you want to put in here or, or whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to get political or anything. That's not what I meant by yeah, that. Yeah. But just like <laughs> where they try to steer you and like, ah, so I see you're murdering a child in the first five minutes of this movie. If it could just be like. Just somebody we not a child, and he's like, "No, I want to do a kid." And he's like, "They're like, no, but if you just couldn't, no, 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 I'm going to do a kid." Fuck, all right, well, we're not paying you. Uh, and he's like, "I don't care. I made a bunch of money off the last one. I'm going to do it my way." You know, and this is so much better for him. Like, this dude's going to be a legend by the time he's on. And he wants to be in. Uh, he wants to take on the um, what was it, the Friday the Night Thirteenth mm-hmm. uh, franchise. Oh yeah, let's Could go. Could you imagine? Let's just go. G- give him the keys. Yeah, give him the keys. Let him do it. <laughs> yeah, give him the keys of the car. Give him. A, give him a budget. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's funny too because they act like this is the or first. Don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> well, I don't understand. I, like, look, okay, it chapter two. How many kids did they kill in that? And w- that was produced by you know Universal. I'm pretty sure. So it's not like this is the first time that's happened. But it's Arthur Clown, so it's probably going to be very over the top and and graphic. You know, it it wasn't too too graphic with it, but you know, so it's probably that. But I I'm so hyped that Hollywood has wants nothing to do with this. I'm like, oh, I'm even more excited now for this movie. So yeah, Terrifier three can't wait next year. It's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I can't wait. And yeah. and your idea with him just doing every holiday like it writes itself. Like it's just a hol- just do holidays. That's it. <laughs> and holidays. once you complete them all, yeah, like go to the ridiculous bank holidays that nobody cares about. Like 
<laughs> President's Day, uh, yeah. <laughs> Labor he, he Day. Gets, <laughs> right. Fucking transported back to the founding fathers and just beheading like Benjamin Franklin or something. <laughs> oh, yes. I love all of those ideas. <laughs> Got to get Damien Leone on the horn here. Tell yeah, let's shout out to him. Maybe he'll maybe he'll take us up on it. Maybe we'll get some royalties. Um, yeah, dude, thanks for that little tidbit. Uh, yeah, I know no we problem. did talk about that earlier. Uh, that's a super cool part of your podcast. Do you want to talk about your podcast for a minute? Uh, yeah, so Frightmares Podcast, this is, we're going into season six. I say season six, it's year six. Um, we do weekly episodes. We do, like, we started off with horror news, and we do um, IMDb Roundup, where we go through all the IMDb stats, and then we do... Uh, the review and then like some post review stuff. It's a lot of fun. You can find us streaming wherever you can find uh, this podcast, and um, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I've been doing it for so long. It's just it's just like a part of me at this point. I feel weird if I don't pot. Like if I missed some, there's sometimes where I might miss a week, and I'm like, ah, I got to like do a bonus episode to make up for that. So it's a lot of fun, and this is something I enjoy doing, and I get to meet cool people like you. So it's like I, I love this little community that we have here of all these little podcasters. So it's a lot of fun. But yeah, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Uh, look for the Stay Spooky Frightmares. That is our logo. So Super cool. Yeah, dude, uh, obviously, thank you uh, thank you for coming on here. I'm tripping over my words because this beer's starting to kick in a little <laughs> bit. But uh, we'll, we'll rally here. We'll be all right. I still got this 10%er to look forward to. So oh, I did yeah. not think I was going to drink this much of the dead guy. But my God, it's, uh, it's a tasty little beverage, man. <laughs> not um, too bad. Yeah, so we barely touched, you know, uh, the surface on this movie. Honestly, uh, we just basically said that he's a photographer, and uh, he met with an art dealer that wants him to do some like darker stuff. You know, he's he's right on the fringe of of doing something, you know, pretty cool. Uh, but he's he's just not there yet, and she wants him to just like go further, go into the more uncomfortable. So, um, and something I called to later in the movie, you know, his girlfriend. Uh, What's it? Maya is her name, I think. Maya, yeah. Um, she is responsible for getting this set up, is she not? Yeah, she knows J- uh, Jurgis. Jargus. What a name! Yeah, I don't <laughs> think, like... she knows. Yeah, Jurgis or Jargus, who knows Susan? So she is definitely responsible for kind of hooking them up. Um, Jurgis, yeah, J U R G I S. That is, that is a name right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's not very common. Uh, anyway, but they uh, so she's partially responsible for everything that's about to unfold. Uh, I think because in <laughs> a in a yeah in like a yeah in a non-direct way, she kind of is responsible for his descent into uh, into madness. There, honestly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't like even just, think about you know, that. This is what I got to do to please Susan. Sorry, um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you set me up with her yeah that whole thing that's true um oh, i yeah. do have some notes here talking about just like the cinematography there's some like pretty cool shots early on um but they do kind of fade away throughout the movie uh mm-hmm. as as i noticed so, like early on when he's like getting some shots and everything like just the point of views that they're doing um it feels like there's there, there's almost like two separate movies and and how they kind of put it together there's like the the quick cuts of like the train and the bloody and the cgi and all this other like kind of shitty scenes and then you have some of this like really well done cinematography with like like i said the lighting's just right and the motions and the people that are there like everything they do is just perfect and if they could have just like done it a little better you know they they could have been really onto something that's just my opinion uh i know you're a big fan of this movie and you you did not uh you don't share the same sentiment and that's okay well, it, uh, it, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, I complete, I can completely agree because you're right. They do like the opening shot, for example, is just of I believe it's supposed to be Chicago. I think maybe New York. It's just a shot of people walking, and then Bradley Cooper steps into frame and pulls up his camera. It is such a beautifully shot scene. But mm-hmm. then you're right. Then you have every single shot of the subway cars is like, oh my, could, could you not get real subway cars? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're not allowed to film down there or if it's. Hard right. to do, but yeah, like every single shot of the subway cars is, I think, is like ninety percent CG. So you're like, yeah, and that's kind of my problem. Is is that's my really my biggest problem is just all the CG takes away from it so much, and mm-hmm. but yeah, you're right. There is that almost does feel like two separate movies because you have the beautiful, nice shots, and then you have the gritty underground shots, and they they don't really match up <laughs> very well. So that is a no, very good one- point. 
one does hold up like this the the beautiful shots hold up yeah the cgi does not does you not. know like if it was for like practical effects it would just, you'd be like yeah just practical effects like yeah. they're just timeless yeah exactly that's why a lot of this movie does hold up and then the other half does not you know plus it's the 2008 <laughs> so it is that that's when cg was in a really weird space they were also doing a, i think this movie might have released in 3d as well <laughs> Um, yeah, because there, there were some shots that catered to that that I can remember, like yeah. the fucking mallet to the to the eyeball, eyeball the yeah, and the blood in the background just looked very three hundred. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, th- I think it, yeah, I think that had something to do with it because like two thousand seven to two thousand ten was like the craze for three D movies. I don't know what happened, but everything was releasing in three D. So that might have mm-hmm. played into why the CG was was the way it was, but. They thought it was going to be the next best thing, and it just wasn't. <laughs> it fell a little short there. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is where he starts his little journey. Um, you know, he, he goes down to the train. He sees this girl that's kind of cornered by, uh, you know, some guys. And, and he doesn't intervene right away. He kind of, like, lets it go and, and just kind of sees where it's, you know, what, what's going to happen. Are, are they going to rape this poor woman? Or are they just going to, you know, like, how far is this? He's, is he going to go with this? Um but he ends up, you know, intervening and everything and deters them saying, hey, you want to be on TV? All that scene, which was a pretty cool scene because I thought he was going to do something. And he's just like, there's a, there's a camera over there. Smile, <laughs> motherfucker. Shit, but... Yeah. Smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was enough that, you know, when he prevent, presents that all to Susan that like, yes, more of this. So, again, he has to go down to the train. Um, but before he can do that, you know, he's on this little bit of a high before he can do that, he sees that the girl from the train uh, is missing now. Which, how many days pass between this and this? Like, do, do those articles get published that quickly? I know I'm, I'm poking holes here, uh, but that, that kind of jumped out to me. I was like, so is this like two days later, three days later? Like, how soon do you file a missing persons report? And how quickly does that make it to the paper? That's true, yeah. That, I, and that's the problem. They don't really date or say, you know, a couple days later, it's just kind of, you're all along for the ride. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would assume it might be quickly, but I don't know about that quick. <laughs> so. That would have been a great drop for my brumps. But I don't even know what the hell one it is. I think it's the... Because <laughs> you said along for the ride. That would have been a perfect oh, drop for the old... Uh... <laughs> yeah, there it is. All right. All so right. You got one before I did. Good for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know... Uh, he goes back to the train and what the fuck are my notes here? I'm trying to read this here to the train. There's a few folks in there. Okay. Well, why did I even put that? Of course there are folks on the train. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, so sometimes my notes are just like absolute garbage and uh, I, I should have come through them, but that's why you're here. You're here to entertain the people while I brain fart. Um, you're probably talking about the Ted Raimi group. I would assume. Because if you're talking about, yeah, I don't know who that is. So who is Ted Raimi? Ted Raimi, he's probably related to Sam, Sam Raimi. So he was the guy that got his eyeball knocked out by the okay. mallet. So he's Ted Raimi, um, and then that little group was there. And I think that's really the first time you see uh, Vinnie Jones's character. Um, you finally see what he's kind of doing because you see, you know, you see his hand on the train and you see him hit that girl. But you're like, okay, what the hell was that? But this is where he like starts brutally massacring people on the train you got you know he, he takes that girl's head and whacks it off with his meat cleaver and that was a great scene where the head rolls and the camera pulls out of her eye, like the eye and i was like oh that like that was such a beautifully done shot um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you kind of you like, know what that is what do you know what that is no that's you know what that is no that's our kill of the week. <laughs> I did yep, that's that. our kill of the week, man. That's the fucking the coolest fucking kill of that movie, I think. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it's just because you're not expecting it. Mm-mm. You just think that you know. I mean, well, not to use what you said, but you're kind of just along for the ride, and you don't know what the hell's going on. Then all of a sudden, the camera pans out. You're like, "Holy fuck, that was from her head." Oh my god, her head's not with her body anymore. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know how they did that because the camera acts like, you know, the camera like rolls around like her head and then somehow it manages to like, yeah, it, it's, it was such a well done shot. And uh, mm-hmm. my God, every time I see that, I'm just like, that's a chef's kiss right there. Um, yep. Yep. That was that was beautiful. I really enjoyed that also. Yeah. So that's that's really the first time you get the brutality of what Vinnie Jones's character is doing. And um, 
you know, eventually he spots him and then, you know, he starts to, you know, Leon starts to follow him. And, uh, <laughs> I love when he goes around the corner and, you know, the guy's there, he's just standing there and uh, Leon's like, I'm going to just walk past you. And he just grabs him, but then nothing happens. I was like, that is so menacing. He didn't say a word and you find out later why he doesn't. And he just let him go. And then Leon just continues to follow him around to try to figure out. Cause you know, he's like, this is the guy I need to photograph to get into that, to get into that show. Something's going yep. on with this guy, but he doesn't know exactly what yet. And it's very he's very yeah, mysterious. He, he does he does shortly because as he develops some film, he notices a ring. And yep. then he starts combing through this is where the obsession begins because he comes through his, you know, uh his previous photos from the girl miss it and everything, and he notices now he's just like this is it. This is the guy. I got to follow him all the time. Uh, and then, but honestly, this movie, uh, I, I do comment on it later in the movie, but so much happens so early on. Like you've already had what? Four kills in the first 15 minutes, yeah. maybe if that, um, just a lot of stuff. And like, like you said, very brutal kills. They're not just like, uh, you're dead. Uh, like these, <laughs> dude, he smacked her fucking head off, and like eyeballs are flying at you, and just all this craziness is going on. Yeah, with uh, that, so uh, you, you get a lot early. Yeah, with that, it's like, and it's not even like a meat cleaver. It, I don't. It's like a tenderizer, but it's like the size of my head. Yep. It's huge. It's it's a massive yeah. metal like weapon that he's got. So that's that's gotta hurt. I mean, obviously he knocked a woman's head off with it, so he's got some power behind that. Uh behind that swing there i mean it's vinnie jones he's a he's a tank he is a tank he is a tank uh which which really confused me uh as we get a little um later into the movie here so he goes on to this his next victim well but his next victim kind of puts up a fight right it's just like very large kind of muscular man who's kind of like talking shit to him he's just you know whatever and and it, it got to the point where the conductor had to come back mm -hmm. and uh, intervene, which was another, pff, whoa, this dude's in on it too. So this is like a whole operation <laughs> going <yeah>. on here. <laughs> this is a whole but, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then we we find out that uh, Vinnie Jones's character's name, um, well, it, it's just not something I, I expected. Uh, and it's, <laughs> his name is Mahogany. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. And that's the first thing that came to mind when I heard Mahogany. Like, he's taking chicks heads off with fucking, you know, like, a meat hammer. And his name's fucking, after a wood? Yeah. Like, get over here, Cedar. What are you, come on, man. Come on, Birchwood. What are you doing over there? <laughs> oh, that's old pine for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny. The first thing that came into my mind was uh, from Hunger Games when uh, Elizabeth Banks' character, uh, I think it's uh, someone like stabs her desk and she's like, that is mahogany. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I like that we went two different ways with that. That's that's great. Yeah, that okay, is. I'm not... glad I didn't give that away earlier because I did tell you about the burgundy drop, and that's just like the first thing I, I yeah. that whole scene about like the leather bound books and all that shit. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, so mahogany. Oh man, yeah, because he's like, what does he say? What does the conductor say to him? He's like, you're like you're slipping mahogany, or, or you should be doing better, mahogany. Something yeah, like that. yeah, it's just yeah, I don't know, but you you it is revealed that you know this is you know kind of like a whole operation. Uh, well, whatever it is, it's enough to to get old Leon's fucking loins uh, a frothing over here, and and he goes and takes a ring to his girlfriend. Uh, and I don't know, it wasn't like a proposal; it was just kind of a promised ring. Um, and then aggressively makes love to her over the bar, and that's putting it nicely because she she's not having a good time. So this this content that this world that he's immersing himself in is really not good for him, and she's starting to notice is like the first red flag. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that scene. Every time I watch it, I'm like, he's just like feral right now. Like, what has gotten into him? He's I, I think it's just a combination of just like feeling like he's on the right track, and he just maybe he just feels powerful, you know. And it was just a weird way to kind of assert that power on you know your i guess i guess fiance at, at that time because he did kind of propose so yeah that was a kind of a visceral scene to watch you're like oh she's not enjoying this at all but he seems to clearly be having a great time so yeah something's obviously going on and up in his mind and he's he's not really doing i think that's really when, when that starts kind of his like downfall into the like this spiral of following mahogany and uh ultimately leads him to his final destination 
I don't know why I keep doing that. I'm not doing that intentionally. Um, along for the ride and final destination. <laughs> so cheesy. Uh-oh. Did you freeze? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, I can see you now. Motherfucker. Ah, we're so close. We were like, we were like. We were in a groove. <laughs> Everything was going. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Dude, my internet fucking blows. This is like good internet, but I'm having issues tonight for whatever reason. Um, And we're back after that. Fuck up. You guys are used to that with my shit ass internet. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. But hey, that's that's podcasting, baby. Can't handle it. Don't do it. All right, Austin, we're talking about a very uncomfortable uh, scene <laughs> in the diner. So uh, you had something to want to say, but uh, you, we got cut out real hard there. I'm not sure what they heard, what they didn't hear. So yeah. what, what were your thoughts on that scene? No, it's a, it's a very like it's a very hard scene because you can tell he's enjoying himself. Obviously, she's not enjoying herself, and you know I feel like that's his kind of spiral really hard spiral down from that point and she can see that as well and she tries to reason with him like you can't be doing this you know he he finds all this information about all these people that date back to like the 1800s and she's like there's no way it's the same guy i mean that's 100 years ago but then you're right what you said earlier she flips so quickly and eventually like once he loses his camera because he has that run on with a run in with mahogany. She's like, all right, we had to go get the camera. I'm on board. Let's do this. So, yeah, I, I never really noticed that before until you pointed that out. But that is a pretty quick flip on her part after, after especially after what happened at the diner. That would have if I were right. her, that would have turned me off from anything to do with him. And I probably would have, uh, I don't know, not not seen him for a couple. Of, I know they live together, but man, I would have probably gone somewhere after that altercation because that was that was uncomfortable. Yeah, even the next morning, like when when they're at the house and 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 whatnot, and um, you know, she's she shuts him down immediately, talking about like um, you know, just forget about this guy, you know, because like you said, that was like the the part that that she realized, okay, maybe him being obsessed with this guy is is a little, you know, it's it's unhealthy. So he's talking about like, I think I'm onto something with him, and she's like, nope, just take your photos, take them to the police. That's done. Be done with it. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, and then there's that weird scene, which is this, this happens a little later. I can't actually recall, but when he does have that encounter with, with mahogany on the train and, uh, he gets like kind of kidnapped and that thing like claws at him and all that stuff. And, Mm. and, you know, she comes and, you know, he sees her the next day and, you know, he's just, he's just real different and violent towards her. And like you said, most people would have just like backed away and been like, no, I'm not doing this. Uh, I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm not being with you or whatever. Um, she's just like, let's go check out the photos and find this random hotel to go into. And, <laughs> and that's yeah, it. She, now she's on board. Now she's on board. She takes Jurgis there. They go into, um, I can't remember how they found. Oh, that's right. He had the photos of him walking into that hotel and they go up mm-hmm. there trying to find the camera and that was a terrible idea because uh you know mahogany shows back up and unfortunately gets jurgis but uh at least you know maya was smart enough to run away because she calls out for jurgis and he doesn't answer and she's like i should probably run away and you know what good mm-hmm. decision lady that's like one of the greatest decisions you ever could have made um although you know doesn't really work out for her in the end but um <laughs> she did make at nope, least a nope. good yeah she made at least a good decision and you know for being in a horror movie usually people would continue to investigate and then you know he would have gotten her as well but um yeah poor poor Jurgis he he really didn't deserve what he got because he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time trying to help a friend you know what i mean so justice for Jurgis that's a weird sentence i said um <laughs> <laughs> That did not have a nice ring to it. Uh, but Sound like a politician. Yeah, justice for jerk. It's good grief. Uh, where'd my <laughs> notes go? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then she's on board with it, and then I'm, I'm just struggling to remember what happens right after that. Oh, the thing on his chest, the marking on his chest, um, he realizes that Mahogany has that as well. And uh, yeah, that that happens later on. First, you see that he's covered in all these like weird barnacle fucking things. Like, I don't know what that's all about, you know, and he's like cutting them off. Then he has to like 
put him in some kind of liquid. But it, that whole scene was just to show you that like he's nearing his end, and they're looking right. for an heir. So you you can kind of see where the movie's headed now. Um, and and you know now you just got to get there. Um, there's some cool sequences here that happen after there's, you know, Leon follows him to the meatpacking plant mm -hmm. and he goes, well, he doesn't follow him, but he goes into the meatpacking plant and he comes across that, um, you know, mahogany works there and he's getting some really cool shots and all that other stuff. And, you know, mahogany chases him. There's that whole like cow carcass sequence mm -hmm. where they're all, you know, there's just like aisles and aisles of car or cow carcasses, which is, you know, it, is that how, I mean, I've never been in one, but, I mean, is that is that how that looks at, at like a slaughterhouse? Because it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm to, to my knowledge, that's what that's what it looks like. Which is yeah, which is creepy. I don't know how people can do that and just walk around with all those carcasses. But uh, mahogany definitely seems like he fits the bill to do that. So I mean, he he fits right in at the meatpacking plant. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, I did get into this creeper, which is also kind of fitting for this movie because I mean. Leon, I mean Bradley Cooper, he's kind of a creeper the whole movie. Uh stalking this other dude, but this other guy's also a creeper, stalking other people to get, you know, whatever. Um but this is where Leon really starts this is it. This is the spiral. This is him. He they they make a point to show that he likes tofu in the beginning of the movie. And now he's at the diner and he's like finger fucking his buddy's plate, grabbing steak off of it, you know, just like eating it. <laughs> and that was more uncomfortably uncomfortable to me than any other scene in the movie. I'm like, dude, just get a fork. Like, why are you sticking your fingers in another grown man's steak? I don't want. No, thank you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're just like, dude. Uh, I mean, like, ask me for a bite or something. You don't have yeah, to sit here and just yeah, dilly dally in my food, you weirdo. <laughs> yeah, but I think they just really wanted to emphasize his like, you know, descendants and the madness mm -hmm. and and whatnot. But um, mm -hmm. he's he's you know. Maya tries to get them back on track, and I can't recall if this is, um, I, I think this is before all like Jurgis's end. But you know, he tries to get them back back on track, and he's trying to take pictures of her. But he keeps getting all these flashbacks of all the victims and all this other crazy shit that's going on mm -hmm. that he's seen over the past couple of days, and it's just like, you know, it's consumed him. He's just he's just not himself anymore. And I actually have in my notes here. So we've covered so much already, right? We're almost an hour into this podcast, and there's still 45 minutes left of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, a, there's still so much stuff that still has to happen. It's insane. Yeah, I think that scene you were talking about is right after she notices the... It's either right before or right after he's running with Leon because, yeah, he's and he's also dreaming. He's having those dreams about being on the train, and he has that one dream where he's hanging upside down and someone cuts his throat, and it's him cutting his own throat. So he's having these crazy, just wild dreams about the train, and I think that's also what kind of leads into his craziness is he's like, I don't know what these dreams are, but I'm he's just drawn to the train for whatever reason. It's almost like his fate was just kismet you know like it was it always meant to be from the second he was born which i find to mm -hmm. be fascinating honestly yeah i, I kind of got that vibe too that it was just like he didn't know he was destined to do it and uh well now he's now he's doing it um unfortunately we didn't get to see bradley cooper fully nude in a bathtub we just got to see him partially nude so you know that's that's another point docked against this movie <laughs> he's a beautiful man give me a break okay uh, no, come on you're so close if that water was a little less cloudy damn it yeah come on come on just enough bubbles you know what are you gonna do um yeah maya goes to the cops and it, it, that's such a weird exchange i thought you know she's just like look at all this stuff you know all these things i have to say and she's like i don't care you're like oh great <laughs> okay yeah um you know and i have a, a note here about you know leon taking the entire movie basically to 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 you know lose you know himself and and become you know absorbed into this this train idea and all this other stuff and then maya's like okay i'm on board just like that um yeah we kind of jumped around there a little bit now i gotta figure out where the hell my damn notes are uh, oh yeah now she now maya decides to go check out the train now we're getting to the end right yeah. the last stop so to speak. Um, oh, how's that? Uh, how's that dead guy L treating you? By the way. Oh, it's good. I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah, feeling same, same. feeling same. good over here. That's part of the fun of the podcast. Is like <laughs> by the end of yeah. it, you're like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, you feel a little better. Yeah, yeah. we'll sleep good tonight. Yeah. Oh. Um. So at the end of the episode, we're going to talk about the movie. We're going to do 
maybe not next, uh, but we're going to do it. I mean, I'm down to do it like as our next podcast, but not like my next episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I just wanted to touch base on that real quick because I, yeah, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, okay. <laughs> um, I do that shit all the time. Um, fine. Yeah, but we, you know, you just have a bunch of scenes of, of the CGI, you know, train with the bodies hanging on it. Like we get it. And there's this, this moment of realization where like Maya just jumps on this train after she finds that paper with like all the stop times and all that other shit. And she gets on the train and the last person gets off and then shit gets real. And there's just this realization where she's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I fucked up. I should not be on here. I shouldn't be on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leon sees it and he's all, what's, what is with that scene where he walks into the slaughterhouse and just like arms himself with a bunch of knives and a cleaver and a hook and like all this crazy shit. You remember that scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a very odd scene, but he's doing that right. because he's going because he's he's going to he's going to go like battle the uh, uh, mahogany. So I guess he's just getting right. I don't know why you needed seven knives to do that. And the uh, like that hook and the meat cleaver. But he arms himself to the to the fucking teeth and just goes after this guy trying to take him down. To stop yeah. him from doing what he's doing, but he, you know, ultimately leads him, you know, which, which we'll get to here in a second. But he's just doing it to get rid of him because he's a bad guy. He doesn't understand the consequences of getting rid of mahogany and what that entails. Yeah, no, that's very true. Uh, and <laughs> I mean, you don't have any knives at home, bro. Like, why are you stealing? Like, imagine if you worked at the slaughterhouse and you're like, God. Damn it, where's my fucking boning knife? God like I know I left it right here. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> Phil, that motherfucker. It's always stealing my shit. Yeah. Fucking the, Phil. The guy the next day was probably like, where the hell did all the knives go? I put them away <laughs> last night. Yeah. So Leon turns into a superhero. He's sprinting, you know, four or five D1 athlete speed, dives dramatically, catches a speeding train and gets on there and all that stuff. It gets a little outlandish here. But this is where I draw the line, him not being able to catch a train. It's not anything else that's happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, she. I love the scene where Maya finds Jer- Jergis, uh, and and tries to help him. Like he's hung upside down. He's clearly barely alive, and the the hooks through the Achilles thing is brutal. That's a rough, like sensory thing that I never want to experience, and it no. just looks like it sucks. Especially um, yeah, being hung upside down like that too. All your body weight on that. Oh, dude, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. And so what does she try to do? Little frail Leslie Bibbs just like, I can pick up a 200-pound man. And she just moves him enough and is like, nope, I can't do it. Let's him go. And he's just like, ah! It's just like, <laughs> he's just in so much pain. Like, you idiot. You were never going to be able to lift him off of there. But, Why are you trying uh, this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then there's there's the ultimate showdown between the two, which was kind of weird. Like, it's just, just a lot of moving camera around mm-hmm. the car and you know like i i don't really know what they were going for there i wish they would have just like let it happen and had a little more choreography like let us see it instead of just being like constantly blocked by parts of the train or bodies or whatever mm-hmm. um but leon does the job like you said kicks uh kicks mahogany to his apparent death uh off the train train stops and the conductor says please step away from the meat and he realized, you know, there's all these dead bodies there and these creatures, right? Now now you see them. I don't remember seeing them earlier in the movie. They weren't on there, right? There was just that weird thing that scratched him. But I don't remember seeing anything up until now. Yeah, the, this is the first time the creatures are revealed and they just go up to the dead bodies and they just start consuming, ripping them down, dragging them around and just, just absolutely massacring these people that have been mm-hmm. hung upside down. And, you know, he takes their fingernails off. He takes their teeth out. He shaves their heads. So it's like yep. he, like, prepares them to be fed on it's fucking it's crazy that was a great scene too i forgot to touch on that one um mainly because i'm paranoid about losing my fucking internet again um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was such a cool scene where he's just like meticulously taking out tooth by tooth Mm -hmm. and he puts their belongings in like plastic bags and all this other stuff like that was i I like that a little attention to detail there they did a really good job Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's the it's the creature's turn to, to to eat on all this stuff and making sure my wife didn't text me. She did not, but I do have to wrap this up soon. Yeah, yeah, this is where Leon, um, you know, him and his wife or girlfriend or whatever, they're they're trying to get out of there. But uh, Mahogany has 
other plans. I, I think they should have just ended it there, like ended his storyline when he got kicked off the train. I thought the second battle scene was like a little unnecessary. Uh, that's just me. That's just me. I think the conductor could have just come up and been like, no, um, you're the next, you know, butcher or whatever. Victim. Or uh, yeah, the your girlfriend's dead. <laughs> yeah. You could have shaved off five or 10 minutes just with that, but yeah. there's a dramatic death with him and all that stuff. And you know, the, the whole, the conductor's kind of a weird part for me. Uh, you know, the whole ripping out of the tongue and he's like, what is he? They never tell you. There's no reveal. Uh, even that or the, con- you know, the, the creatures there. He's just like, they were here when I got here. So now it's your turn to deal with it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I think, I think essentially what the conductor is, is he's kind of like a ferryman in a sense of just like, he's there to guide the bodies to the other beings that are there because they have to feed those beings in order to keep their worlds separate. So if they don't, if they don't bring the meat, then those creatures will come up and start just tearing across, you know, humanity. So I think he's just there mm-hmm. as like a, a guide for, you know, whoever is the butcher, but yeah, they don't really explain him. And he also eats the tongue too. He rips out his tongue and then eats it. I was like, Oh, delicious. That must be yeah, good for protein cool. probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, they don't really explain him or the creatures. It's kind of and I think the book probably goes into more, you know, more stuff, I would assume. But yeah, it's yeah. a pretty uh pretty intense ending there. Good call in the book. I forgot about that. But yeah, um yeah, the, he he was he was dark enough. He he played a played a pretty good part. Uh I I did also really like the the tongue part. That's that's uh, a little unnerving. Mm-hmm. Um and then Maya, just chilling all by herself on a pile of other bodies, uh, decides to just go ahead and rip her heart out, literally. And uh, such a dark final line from from the conductor. Um, he says, serve without question, like we all do. Mm-hmm. And he does. <laughs> gets up That's the it. next day, combs his hair, gets his suit on, goes to the train. Um and also he gets the because that cop's also involved, that detective, and he gets mm-hmm. the he gets the train times from her and off on his way. Mm-hmm. And then we wrap back around to the beginning and pff, there we are. That's it. That's yeah. the movie. Yeah. I always wonder, like, do does like do, does he have to pay rent? How does he pay rent? You know, to, <laughs> is it subsidized by the city? Like <laughs> Yeah, is that uh is, is that free now? Is my housing free since I'm doing all this shit for you guys? What's, do yes. I have yeah and healthcare? I, yes. Do I have a meal allowance? What's going on here? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I need a per diem, please. Right, um, yeah. Twenty five bucks a day at least. Yeah, soft good or soft foods, because I don't have a tongue anymore, dickhead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just soup only, please. Soup only? I guess I'll just, yeah, mash everything into a blender and then drink it. It's mm-hmm. going to be totally fine. Mm. <sighs> I did like the uh, the picture right on the door frame, um, which they didn't point to with Mahogany that there was any kind of uh, symbol of his past life. They just, mm. this is just the machine, the monster that's always been. Um, but that picture of him in, in his. Uh, you know, girlfriend right yeah. by the door as he leaves uh but there's no emotion he's just he's just cold yeah and uh you know that's it man he goes on doing his uh his killings for the creature so bada mm-hmm. bing bada boom yeah i mean like i said it's it's like a six and a half probably maybe like a seven out of ten for me it's not great it's not awful uh i think if they had just done less with the cgi yeah. and just just stuck to that beautiful cinematography that they they let off with and and the cool scenes they had just done that in like practical effects we'd have had a whole different movie here yeah i can agree with that i to- i totally understand your 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 stance there it, make, it makes perfect sense yeah um cool well dude awesome thank you so much for coming on this has been this has been fun even with the technical difficulties <laughs> i just i should just expect that every fucking time i have a a guest on or just try to do a podcast um you got anything exciting coming up you want to talk about um let's see so over at frightmares we're doing uh november syndrome where we are reviewing vinegar syndrome titles um we just put out one called the resurrection on monday or when is this coming out is this coming out uh, monday like this two days oh two days okay so yeah friday okay so perfect so then yeah monday we just put out another one and then uh next monday we're doing something called the lamp aka the outing and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a very weird, quirky, like offbeat month, and it's we're having a lot of fun with it. So, um, yeah, thank you for having me on. This has been a blast. I look forward to future episodes like the one that 
is going to traumatize us. Uh. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't wait. And I'm glad that, that I was able to talk you into it. Um, <laughs> just so everybody knows, uh, we're going where few podcasts go. We're diving into the unrated version of a Serbian film. Yes, this grotesque exi- – it's – man, we've both seen it before, and we both – should we do it? I don't know. Fuck it. We're going to do yeah, it. It's no, for shock I already value. Bought the, I already bought the Blu-ray. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, dude, you did it like three days ago. You're like, I already got it. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll I, get it too now. Now I have to do it. Yeah, Grindhouse, or, uh, um, Grindhouse was having a sale, and it was like 13 bucks. So I was like, screw it. That's I'm not going to find that anywhere else. So. I wonder if that guy gets like royalties in prison still. <laughs> I have no idea. Is he in prison? <laughs> I don't know, but I think I think he went to trial for yeah. some of the shit that's in this movie, which we'll talk about in yeah. that episode. My I'll, God, I'll come with a whole um, bunch of fun facts about that one. I'll, I'll, I'll do my research and dive deep. There's no fun in that movie. There's zero fun that that happens in that movie at all uh, for anyone. Yeah, that's true. I just yeah. More, okay, fine. Not fun facts, just facts. We'll just call them facts. <laughs> Because you're okay. right. There's nothing fun that happens in that movie at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. But uh, cool. All right. Well, we will talk uh, talk well in our group that we're already in. Um, yep. Go check out Horror Reviews by The Collective on Facebook. We're trying to branch out into other forms of social media. Uh, TikTok. I mean, you can't really read shit on Instagram, so probably not there. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going to explore some new avenues here and, and drop some exclusive content here in the future. For uh, potential Patreon members, because we have discussed that, so that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, next week's movie yet to be determined. Have no fucking idea. Um, I would like it to be Thanksgiving, but we'll see. Um, I know you're doing that soon too, so that'll be cool to talk about uh, on on the side and everything. But I think we're going to try to see that maybe Sunday, so we can have it ready for Thanksgiving for you guys. Uh, regardless, thank you again for listening and tuning in from all over the world. Uh, this is super cool. Uh, Happy to do it again. And until next week, cheers.